I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 191 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an exciting guest for you guys today. He was the world champion at the 2008 CrossFit Games, and he is one of the biggest names in all of CrossFit, which is a competitive fitness sport, which incorporates powerlifting, calisthenics, gymnastics, strongman, and other exercises. You basically have to be a beast to compete in one of these things. And my guest today is just that. Jason Kalipa will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. Yesterday marked the eight-year anniversary since SEAL Team 6 took out the most wanted man on the planet. I posted up a video clip from my interview with first-class father, Rob O'Neill, who killed Osama bin Laden. We talked a bit about the mission when he was here with me back on episode 52 of the podcast. If you want to check that one out, I highly recommend it. And I just recently had the honor of having Rob's dad, Thomas O'Neill, on the show here. And it was very interesting to hear his version of the events leading up to that great day in American history. And if you are interested in Navy SEALs, you got to take a stroll through the archives of my show here, and you will find many of the frogmen that I've had the honor of speaking with right here on the show. Tomorrow on the podcast, I'm going to get you guys ready for this year's Kentucky Derby. World-class jockey Jose Ortiz will be my guest, and he is riding a horse called Tacitus in this year's Run for the Roses. He is the number eight horse in the race. And both Jose and his brother Irad Ortiz have been just crushing the horse racing game. They are incredibly talented. So if you plan on watching the big race on Saturday, please be sure to tune in, lock it in, and download tomorrow's episode. You're going to love it. And remember, please share this podcast with every father in your neighborhood and in your contact list. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump right into the action now with Jason Kalipa. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He has dominated the world of CrossFit. He is a five-time regionals champion. He took third place in the 2014 CrossFit Games. He was the runner-up in 2013, and he was the world champion in 2008. He also received the Spirit of the Games Award at the 09 CrossFit Games. It is a big privilege for me to say, Jason Kalipa, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Ah, man, good to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay, here we go. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I have two kids. Um, one is five and one is eight. Wow. Okay. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, my daughter who's eight, she's the older one. She swims. Um, my son's kind of into everything right now. He's currently doing track and field and, um, he likes BMXing. So those are, that's kind of like, uh, yeah, their favorite thing to do is probably jump on the trampoline though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jason, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. So I uh, competed professionally in the sport of CrossFit for about a decade. I uh, own and operate gyms um, throughout um, California and then also globally for corporate wellness. We do a lot of that. And, um, and yeah, that's, I mean, so I'm a professional athlete in CrossFit, business owner, 
and uh, married my high school sweetheart. We have two kids, and uh, that's what we have going on. Yeah, awesome. And how old were you, Jason, when you became a father, and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Let's see. I was, I got mm, 25, so five, six, and eight. Yeah, I was 24, 25 when my daughter was born, and, you know, it changed. It Obviously, it changed everything. Um, you start recognizing that you're doing things for, for a different reason now, and you got to be really careful not to be selfish and to make sure you're doing the best you can, obviously, not only for yourself to become happy, but also for your family, and that your relationship with your wife is so critical. So if you guys don't have a good relationship, then there's nothing for the, you know, your relationship needs to be strong, and then therefore the relationship with the kids just builds off that, and it's something that you know, we've really learned over the years has been excellent. Yeah, very well said. And I know you have a podcast of your own called Coffee with Kalipa. And I was just watching a video you posted the other day about the Japanese house builder and how we are kind of building our own house every day. And I thought the message was very relatable to fatherhood and family life. So uh, what are some of the ways that you try to build your house with your family every day? Well, I mean, for me, you know, we've had a really kind of interesting life. Um, You know, at a relatively young age, my wife and I got married we started having children and I was trying to balance competing professionally in CrossFit while also, you know, running a multinational business and then having kids. And so I've had to learn how to adapt and evolve to that and, and make sure that, you know, things that I'm trying to pursue are, you know, I'm constantly evaluating, Hey, am I doing the best I can in these specific areas? But when you talk about building your own house, you know, it's like every single day, I think it's a good chance to say, Hey, how am I, you know, having these micro check-ins with myself, hey, how am I doing as a father, as a business owner, as an athlete? This way, I'm not going to have these huge epiphanies when I turn 50 or 60 or whatever. Um, It's something I think about on a regular basis. Yeah, and right now, it seems as though there is a split on social media between uh, people who blame others for their problems and their circumstances in life, and then there are people that are taking ownership for their lives. And I can't call it, but I mean, it seems like it is tilted in the favor of this victimhood mentality. So how can we kind of get our kids to take ownership and responsibility for their own actions at an early age? Well, I mean, something I tell my kids, you know, well, I mean, they're five and eight, so they don't really get it all the time. But it's that, you know, no one owes you anything. And that if you want to get out there and you want something, you got to go out there and put in the work to receive it. And I think that's really important for us to teach at a young age is that, you know, there's going to be times you're going to win. There's going to be times you're going to lose. And you can learn a lot from the times you lose. But ultimately, you know, this sense of entitlement, I'm really shaking it out of our kids because, again, if they want something, you need to learn to go get it. So, for example, um, you know, we own gym. So if my daughter wants something special that obviously isn't like a – you know, if it's something she wants and doesn't need, I'll say, hey, you know, work a couple hours at the front desk and I'll go ahead and, you know, pay you for that time. And then you can go ahead and buy whatever you want, right? That's your money. You earned it. And, or, you know, in a, those are the type of things we try and instill in the kids at a, at a young age without being too crazy about it. You know, just kind of laying the foundation in a very soft way I think is important. And, you know, I think exercise is something that's really important to talk about as well, is that I think one way we can show our children hard work is through showing them through, you know, working out in your garage or at the gym. If you, you know, if you work out in your garage, kids don't know what it means to work hard, like answering emails or being on phone calls, but they do know what it means to work hard when they're watching you bust your butt and sweating in the garage. And I think that'll hopefully transcend later on that if you want to get in better shape, you got to put in the work. 
Well said. And I try to instill that with my four children. And one of the difficulties is the fact that there's just so much negativity online. They're not on social media yet, but still on YouTube and with the video games they play online, there have been some issues. And I know your kids are kind of young yet, but how do you handle the technology, video games and all that stuff with your kids? Well, I mean, I think with the video games, I mean, my children don't, I mean, first off, they're only five and eight, so they're not really into that kind of stuff. But I, I, I don't know if I'm fortunate or I don't know if we instilled this. But we, um, but we don't do. Uh, they don't really use any any real technology, um, and that's something I'm really grateful for. I mean, they every now and then, I mean, they have iPads. They just they aren't that intrigued by them. Like at dinners, um, it's kind of cool. They've been they become more about conversation than they are about just putting on a set of headphones and, and watching an iPad, which I think is really cool. I don't know. I, I think I'm partly lucky that they just don't seem to be interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. And it has crippled the ability for this younger generation to communicate. I see it constantly. I drive Uber on the weekends. And uh, just the way that they talk to each other is through the phone uh, while they're sitting right next to each other, either through Snapchat or whatever apps they're using. And it's it's very bizarre. Oh, it's, it's super sad. And I think, you know, I think we're losing some of that, you know, and, and I think it's really important for me. You know, I have I uh, I wrote a book called As Many Reps as Possible, and I believe in this concept of AMRAP mentality where, you know, you want to be present and focused on whatever you're doing. And I think what's happening right now is there's all these people who are, you know, having dinner with somebody, but they're on their phone half the time. Well, it's like, to me, it's like either go have dinner with that person and be present and have great conversation or be on your phone. But don't do both. Like, you pick. I'm not telling you what's right or wrong. I'm just saying what's tough is when, you know, someone's trying to do a workout, but half the time they're on their phone. Well, it's like either work out or be on your phone or have a conversation, or be on your phone, or go to work, or, or whatever, but try to be all in on whatever, whatever kind of facet of your day you're going through, I think is really important. Well said, and I think many of us are struggling with staying present and focused uh, with what we're doing. Sometimes, a lot of us, when we're home, our mind is on the job, and when we're on the job, our mind is at home, so it's, it's a balancing act for sure. Uh, but listen, I have a four-year-old daughter myself. She is my baby, and I couldn't even begin to imagine what the feeling must have been like for you uh, when your daughter was diagnosed with cancer at the age of four. Uh, so what was kind of your reaction to that, and what kind of advice could you give to other parents out there that may have just been hit with some kind of similar news? Okay, it is time to get an important word from our sponsors, and then back with more from Jason Kalipa. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Let's go, dads. There may be no greater experience than bringing your kids to the ball game. And right now, Major League Baseball is in full swing, and you can save $20 off your ticket prices by visiting SeatGeek.com or going to the SeatGeek app and applying my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, at the checkout. And First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to receive $20 off their ticket prices. This is good for Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, Broadway shows, whatever your interests are, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS over at SeatGeek.com and save $20 off your ticket prices. SeatGeek.com, fatherhood, the best seat in the house. We are all about creating good humans, right? But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P dot com. 
Uh, but listen, I have a four-year-old daughter myself. She is my baby, and I couldn't even begin to imagine what the feeling must have been like for you uh, when your daughter was diagnosed with cancer at the age of four. Uh, so what was kind of your reaction to that, and what kind of advice could you give to other parents out there that may have just been hit with some kind of similar news? Well, I mean, I think it goes without saying that that news was pretty, you know, pretty crippling, right? I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty uh, extreme. That being said, um, I think because of the foundation that we had laid as a family, I think that we attacked it with a full purpose. And what I would say to anybody going through that right now, well, what I would say is that it goes by quicker than they think, that I wish them all the best. And if they need additional support, please to reach out. But I think the more information I'd like to share is with people before they get bad news. So my thing is, is that one of the reasons why I feel like our family attacked this struggle so well is that for, you know, a decade, my wife and I had learned to cope with challenging times as I competed professionally in the sport of CrossFit. I would learn how to cope with it in the moment. She would learn how to cope with it by watching somebody she loved going through such a challenging time, right? Right or, you know, good times and bad times. And so we developed a really strong relationship where we were really focused on each other. We learned how to overcome adversity through fitness, through working out together and pushing ourselves. We learned how to use positive self-talk and and compartmentalize these things. So when our daughter was diagnosed, the natural intention that we came to was, you know, let's, let's overcome this just like we do through, you know, overcoming a workout, only on a much, much, much grander and serious scale. And so my, my recommendation for anybody would be, you know, this AMRAP mentality, kind of being present and focused on what you're doing and utilizing exercise as a tool to kind of strengthen your mind so that if something does happen, you're in a better position to overcome it, I think is key. And you can start doing that today. Yeah, great stuff. And I just had Eric Reese on the podcast yesterday. He tragically lost his daughter to cancer at 12 years of age. Uh, but she has inspired so many people all across the world with her joy jars, and she continues to do so. Um, how did you get involved with Team Nigu, and, and what has that experience been like for you? Well, I mean, I got connected through Jordan Palmer, and, you know, he had, uh, you know, when, once Ava got diagnosed, he's like, hey, I got this guy. And so I remember the first time I called Eric, I'm like, hey, you know, I have a decent, you know, kind of platform I've, I've kind of there's you know I have an audience and I want to get behind this and I want to help families and uh, I'm, I'm very serious about this and this was this was pretty soon after she was diagnosed and I said to him I said but you know I'm pretty sensitive to where our money goes I want to make sure that our money actually goes to the kids and not some fluff and you know he just kind of said he's like listen this 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 charity is is named after my daughter and you know the last thing I would ever want is for someone to criticize where the money goes with my daughter's name on the organization. And I, it just was a really heartfelt moment that we were having on the phone where, you know, this guy has gone through a huge, huge, huge struggle in his life, and he now wants to help other families, and his, his heart is in the right place. And so I knew his foundation was in the right place. And so that's how we got partnered up, and, and uh, we've been partnered ever since. And my family and I have, have raised quite a bit of money for the organization. We're really proud of what we've been able to accomplish. Yeah, and God bless you and your family for that. And and I just think that's the biggest struggle when it comes to people donating is that, you know, they don't know where the money goes. And I think uh, the majority of people are willing to donate. They would like to give, but they hold back because they are unsure of, you know, these shady foundations that are out there. And that's why it's so awesome to have somebody like Eric out there running a foundation because uh, we know that his heart is in the right place and that his foundation is his entire life. So uh, we know exactly where the money is going. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think his company's the right size. Where, you know, if you're talking about the Red Cross, you know, these large organizations, you know, they have expenses, and they, I get it. But his organization is big enough to make an impact, but small enough to keep it lean, which I think is, is where I like to kind of see my money go. Yeah, definitely. Okay, you are very big with the CrossFit. I know that that requires a lot of discipline, but how are you as the disciplinarian when it comes to being a father with your kids? Um, <laughs> um, you know, my wife is probably a little bit more the discipliner than I am, but I don't know, man. We don't, you know, I, I we don't really come down on them extremely hard. We like to... Um, lead by example, and we like to obviously tell them what's right, what's wrong, and but kind of lead more by example, like you know having manners, you know looking people in the eye, uh, you know stuff like that, just kind of old school mentality in that way, but just by showing them and then encouraging them over time, and and that's kind of the way we we kind of parent. Um, we don't really you know we don't like spank our kids, we don't like put them in their room, we we just haven't had to over- do that yet, and. Uh, maybe in the future we will, and I don't judge any family that thinks that's the best way to do it. It's just at this point, what we try and do is just lead by example, and um, when they're really messing up, you know, kind of sit them down and explain the why behind what we're we're trying to focus on. Yeah, very cool. And what what was the spark, Jason, that kind of led you into this CrossFit world? Well, I mean, I I, I, had, I was working at the conventional gym, and then a friend of mine introduced me to this kind of new methodology, and I fell in love with racing against the clock. I fell in love with having a clock and saying, hey, how many reps can you do in this amount of time? And I recognize you can get more work done in less time, and that really fired me up. And so that's, that's how I got introduced to it, and I started competing, and then kind of the rest of this history just kind of kept, kept opening gyms and competing for a long time. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, and you have had so much success with it. Uh, but, Jason, if you were restricted to do just one exercise a day for the rest of your life, what exercise would you pick? Um, I would uh, dumbbell thruster for sure, I mean, or a burpee. So if you have no equipment, um, I would just do a burpee. Um, you know, you drop to the floor, do a push-up, stand back up again. If I was, um, if I was, uh, you know, if I had equipment or access to dumbbells, I would do a dumbbell thruster where I squat down, I stand, I press over my head. And really what I'm thinking about is movements that move my body a long range of motion. Awesome. All right. Well, you have accomplished so much already. What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself here? Any more kids coming your way? What's next for you? No, no, no. We're done with the kids. So, so two and two, and we're we're feeling we're feeling good there. Um, and uh, as far as we're concerned, you know, just trying to optimize everything we're doing, right? Just trying to ask myself on a regular basis, you know, am I doing the best I can to, you know, be a best father, be a best business owner, and, and be a best husband I could be? And I figure if I continue to ask myself that on a regular basis, those daily check-ins, those weekly check-ins, are gonna, you know, keep me following like towards that true north and and get to where I want to get to. And I don't even know where that is yet. I just think it's a constant reflection of what could I do better. And I think the key for me is, you know, just kind of really being there all in with the kids when I am with them and being all in at business or being all in with my relationships, trying to have date nights. And those kind of things have really been helpful in, in maintaining strong relationships. Well said. All right, last thing I want to hit you with here. You may have touched on it a bit in some of your answers, but I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would just say that no one has it all figured out and that you can read every book you want, but that at the end of the day, every child is going to be different. Every situation is going to be different, and that's okay, right? That's, that's the fun in it, and I think that um, 
not to stress yourself out by so much like of these social pressures, but to do what you think is best for you and your family and to, um, you know, to, to sit there back and just say, hey, am I being a good dad? Am I doing the best I can? If you can answer that with a yes, then you're, you're on the right track. I think that's really important. And I think that if – but I also think at the same time, you've got to look yourself in the mirror, and if you're being a dirtbag, you've got to tell yourself that, you know, because that's not okay. You've got to be there, and you've got to, you know, you've got to hold that relationship with your wife super strong so you guys have a strong front um, to, to raise the kids with. I think it's really also a, a key element to not forget about your guys' date nights so you can still act like you're dating again, and, um, which I think carries over to the kids. Great advice. I love the message. Uh, this has been a big pleasure for me. I got to say, you are a first-class father. And Jason Khalifa, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Oh, thank you very much. Great to be here. Okay, I'm back with a couple of closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jason Khalifa for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Tomorrow we are going to get you ready for Churchill Downs, the Kentucky Derby. Jose Ortiz will be here. He is going to be aboard Tacitus. He's the number eight horse in the run for the Roses. So if you're psyched up for the big race on Saturday, lock it in for tomorrow's podcast. As for next week, I'm going to be hitting you guys with another five banger. Follow me over on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out just who will be joining me here. We are going to return to the Frogman Friday format next week. So find out who the Navy SEAL will be that is joining me here. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and tales As tall as the trees I saw feelings so